This podcast was produced in association with FunEmploymentRadio.com. Welcome once again, everyone. I am Jason, or Chevron, or Chops, and this is my show, the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. Today's episode features a lovely, long-ass conversation with Andrew King, a friend I made volunteering at Betacon with Pig Squad. He's a fellow gamer and geekdom enthusiast like myself, and we talk about all kinds of wild topics, including Westworld, Sega consoles, and the retro wave music scene. Before we get to the show, a couple of shout-outs. What? First up, Robert from Texas. He emailed to say that he liked the show and that I should keep it up. Well, thank you, sir. He also shared a couple of pics of his PC and monitor setup, which I am very jealous of, by the way, and suggested sharing my build if and when I ever get there. So, will do, sir. Um, Thank you, Robert, again for emailing and everybody else out there. Hey, get in touch. Come on. Also, thanks to Phil for reviewing the show on iTunes. He's on there, he's got the first five-star rating, so sir, thank you very much. Everyone else, get to work. As usual, if you do like the show, please subscribe, rate and review it on iTunes, and be sure to follow the show on Facebook and Twitter, at WAGPodcast. That email address, by the way, is wagpodcastpdx at gmail.com. Now, hold on to your butts. This is the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Jason Sheffron Chops, and today I'm joined by Andrew King. He is a buddy gamer of mine, part-time game designer, which we may or may not talk about. <laughs> you can see his... Talk a little bit about it. Well, yeah. See, more of his work and his words through Twitter, he is at Pepsi Otaku, one of my favorite screen names of the year. <laughs> He's not proud of it, but he definitely likes it. He's stuck I've with it, it for since, years. I've had it since high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start off with how we met, because... We've definitely got a lot of similar interests, and you're part of my my goals in moving up here is meeting more like-minded people, not being stuck with just the guys I know from work or just family. Like, no, I'm this is my social butterfly phase, and being in a place like Portland in Oregon, it's it's a place that my soul was like called to in a way. Like it's it's everything about up here. It's the the kind of creative minds that kind of develop in and what do you what do you say? Like congregate, like drawn like moths <laughs> to a place like this. Yeah. But also like there's the the gaming community. There's the the creative side of like film and and media and stuff. That everything's just kind of exploding and it's all within arm's reach. Where versus back home where I was two hours away from anything remotely cool. So first off, 
we couldn't agree more with that. Right. By the way. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm, we're we're definitely on the right track for that. Then. Yep. <laughs> That's what Portland's all about. Right. Is getting in touch with your creative side. Yeah. Hopefully forever. I mean, yeah, it's scary times with all the the mass migrations, and we'll see how everything shakes out in the next couple of years but <laughs> yeah hopefully it's like a discern to san francisco <laughs> oh it's it's on its way but yeah it's it's one of those things that hopefully we've we can take something from the lessons learned and and look at them as an example of what not to do versus how it should be like just because it works for them doesn't mean it's right yeah and yeah it's it's paper thin down there the the kind of the fabric of what's going on and the collapse that could happen if something changed. Yeah, I think this this area needs to figure out the whole rent thing. Like, yes. If we're just gonna, oh. They're just going to keep charging us through the ass. Or... Well, until they can't fill any of their apartment buildings, and then things will start to swing around. But it will take yep. a long time. There's going to be a lot of bankruptcies of these property management companies or the building owners to, yeah, <laughs> to teach yeah. that lesson because that's one thing that they'll never – they're not quick to back down on yep. is once your rent is – $1,400 a month, it's going to be $1,400 a month until you move out. Like, <laughs> yep. And then the next guy will get the deal. They're, they're never yeah. going to decrease your rent. So that's, ugh, it's sketchy. But we've, I've lived through it down back home. We went through like the, we were close enough to San Francisco that commuters could come out, buy houses for like a tenth of what they would pay out there and just be willing to drive through four hours of traffic every day on the commute schedule. Yeah. Or they would like rent imagine. an apartment out there. So the equivalent here is Vancouver. Like <laughs> everybody lives in Vancouver and commutes to, to Portland and surrounding for their jobs. So it's it's not that different. Yep. But we went through the same thing where, you know, rent and mortgages and everything got jacked up through the roof to where nobody could afford anything. Well, now it's come back down to the low end and it's back on the rise again, but it's it's one of those things that kind of just fluctuates. Yeah, it yeah, fluctuates. Sure. It self levels at some point, and the, the big thing here is hopefully that draws in a lot more corporations and big money that will then support these better jobs that can pay higher rent and everything. But we'll see. We need to get a couple of couple more big game studios because I mean there's there's a lot there's yeah. already a lot of studios, and I mean with the indie stuff too. Back to how we came into association um we both volunteered at the pig squad booth at betacon which yep. was a few months ago now this god this yeah, year has gone so January, fast February, right like oh it's crazy i have like the worst concept for time now because everything yeah. is just so yeah. like fluid and it's it's insane that it's it's already been over a year since we moved up here and now with like the podcast it's just like the third month of doing this or second or third month and it just everything is just flying by like yep. <laughs> i feel like i'm standing next to a railroad track yeah i feel the same way trying trying to grasp at the the train as it goes by yep but um that's life what did, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> what did you think of betacon being the first time that it happened and yep. i don't know if that's the first time you ever volunteered at an event like that uh well i volunteered at the um uh the retro gaming expo in okay. the fall too um, so again, that was with Pig Squad, mm-hmm. and um, that was a pretty big one. That was uh, like a that that was that was a good like barometer of like you know how many people like filled the the convention center yeah. at um, in Portland, and you know that was a pretty good, decent sized one. I'd right. you know I can't wait to go to that next year or this year. Yeah, it's coming up. And yep, 
And so Betacon was uh, it was re- pretty small. It's relatively small, but yeah. um, you know, for first year, I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, well, especially Saturday, yeah, it was packed. Yeah. Especially, and again, in the Pig Squad booth specifically, it was like there was no room to even move around. It was great. Yeah, I mean, they they had like a fraction of the like main uh, like I don't know uh, convention area to to work with. So mm-hmm. it was like. Uh, for like that space, you know what they had there. I thought they they did it pretty well. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen like their uh, their panel stuff in a separate room though. Yeah, that was that was that was awkward. That was kind of a bummer, but right. Yeah, because in the middle of everything that's going on, people are trying to speak, and yeah, just everything everything at the same time is always hard. Yeah, so. yeah. It, it's like, it was just hard to like focus on right. what they were doing up there yeah. versus or if you were trying to like try out just, games and everything. Yep. Yeah, it was hard to do both for sure. Yep. Um. And the Pig Squad booth especially was, like, packed, yeah. like, all the time. Yeah, absolutely. So that was that's, that was just a really cool experience. Yeah, and that's that's one of the, the cool things about Pig Squad is the fact that it's a wholly unique thing to experience because these are games that may not be released for years to come, yeah. potentially. And, I mean, compared to anything else you go to where it's, like, even, like, E3, I mean, E3's press only, basically. They opened it to the public this year, which was a different thing. But, like, I went to the the PlayStation experience a couple of years back. Yes. And it was neat to have like open access to a lot of games that weren't released yet. It's like I played like for honor and that game just released like this year, but they were old builds. Like a lot of them yeah. had already been shown at E3 before. And there were games that a lot of them were even already released. Yeah. And so it was kind of a, a blend, but yeah, with, with Betacon, this is stuff that for all intents and purposes doesn't exist you're you're seeing into the future it's like a crystal yeah. ball type of thing which was cool but um definitely excited to see how that develops and definitely a fan of the the idea and the structure and where they're going with it because i mean it is there's a huge scene up here of indie developers and i mean game development too there's yep. just just the fact that there are major mainstream studios up here already and there's just with like i said the the influx of people that comes with talent and money that yeah we're going to be seeing some crazy things that i mean betacon isn't the the beginning beginning or end of anything it's it's just a yeah a, it's a beginning stepping of stone <laughs> it's the beginning of betacon but man it is a drop in the bucket of what goes on around here yeah because god with all, especially just in conventions because we've got rose city that's getting bigger and bigger every yep. year like they're on their way to becoming one of the, like the main stops yep like you've got san diego new york um emerald city and now Rose City, that someday, I mean, it already, being here, it feels like it because everybody talks about it. Everybody's going. Everybody, I mean, you see it all all day long on, like, Facebook and stuff that people are posting and reposting and they're going to be there. And that's, it's it's great. Again, for me, coming from a small town where nothing happens ever, <laughs> you've got to commute to that stuff to know that I could just hop on a, a train and be here in half an hour. <laughs> Yeah. Because I, I do. I live in a suburb, so it does. It still takes me a little bit to get down here, but it's never been an issue. It's still – because everybody complains about the traffic and everything, and it is ridiculous during the main, like, rush hours. But yeah. any other time, like today, there's nothing. It's it's easy. Yeah, it wasn't too bad today. Yeah. I, I commute from the, uh, the, like, west side of Portland. Yeah. So right, like past, like closer to Beaverton. Right. And that is but. that's that's the harder one, too, because you're yep. cutting through town the whole way. Like yep. There isn't even really a highway choice for you because the highways are basically like surface streets going through Portland. Yeah, that's that's one of the worst things. It's you wish they could figure out some kind of major bypass, 
Like we need an i7 <laughs> to replace i5. That's just I just east or west of <laughs> the I city. I do not want to be the one to solve that problem. No, because <laughs> oh. yeah, like traffic's definitely like uh, a big thing in Portland. It's mm-hmm. a mess. Oh but yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. That's any growing city. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm from like the the northeast, so I'm mm-hmm. just like Boston and Providence, and like the drivers there are a lot different. They yeah. are just mean and oh yeah, just angry and yep. Because yeah. you grow up in that. That, that traffic environment, I'm sure. Yeah. And so this is kind of, you know, even though there's lots of traffic here, it's still kind of heavenly. Yeah. No, everybody's <laughs> like, super mellow. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Everyone's I mean, just chill. Like, Even for me, moving up here from Central California, like, it's a whole different mindset on the road. There's definitely a lot more mindlessness yeah. out there. Like, a lot of people are just not active drivers at all, but everybody is passive. There's very few aggressive drivers that you ever have to watch out for, except for yeah. me. So <laughs> I feel like it's something that just kind of e- either either this area just uh, attracts those types of people mm-hmm. or it is like something ingrained in the type of area we're driving around in. Because this is very, very hilly area. There's yeah. lots of like uh, there's lots of like interesting back roads and stuff that you can take yeah. like outside the city that True. are just like really windy and uh, and, and like fascinating. And mm-hmm. um there's a mindset yeah. to it as well. It's just it's like a general of, like. Well, there's a little bit of fear too. Sometimes because yeah. there's some of the roads like have you been up like Germantown Road? <laughs> this before? is true. Yes. It's like it's like oh yeah, there's a cliff on the right hand side. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you yeah. screw up, you're either going down the cliff and catching yourself on a yeah. tree or or marine or, or or just dying. Marine drive is my <laughs> my commute, and that's you're on top of a levee the whole way. Yeah. So it's either down a hill into warehouses in an airport or down the other side of the hill into the river so yeah <laughs> there's there's semis and everything going both ways so, like oh, yeah so i guess my point is like i feel like that is just it kind of makes people more careful yeah no it's true well that's it i don't know careful but that mindlessness plays back into it because there are yeah. if you watch the news there's wrecks every single day yeah. and even now there's like the global news story is the damn eels, the eel, <laughs> <laughs> the hagfish that spilled all over the roadway. If you haven't seen that, like, oh god, go out and look. It's disgusting. Yes, check it out. Pretty it's good. so sad and gross, and uh, like a whole truckload of like, oh god, I don't even know what Did the you numbers see the video were. That was posted on uh, on Twitter. No, of, like <laughs> it was just like, like right after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like during cleanup. Oh no! And it was like. Uh, it was like a bulldozer, like just pushing all these wheels. That's so like, sad. Along the road. Oh. Like, it's the worst. And there's, and there's the just the slime like, coming yeah, off of them. There's yeah. slimy mucus so stuff disgusting. everywhere. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a worst case scenario. But yeah, it, there is. There's daily, like, the pedestrian stuff is real bad. There's always, like, a pedestrian hit and run, like, every night. Yeah. Because that's, that's a thing that I've seen that people just it's, – it's an arrogance – and yeah. like a, a lack of respect for the three thousand pound vehicles flying up and down the road, like yeah. you are a squishy bag of flesh. Don't jump in front of anything ever. Like <laughs> you're you're not gonna win. It's yes, you have like the legal quote unquote right of way, but that doesn't really apply in the real world. Like yeah, like a car cannot stop on a dime, and people are just they just they're wild. They just walk out into traffic and. Dark clothes in the middle of the night. Like, I've almost <laughs> killed people myself just in, like, the first – like, literally, I was coming down, 
like a five-lane road. Pretty spacey. You've got two lanes each direction and the yeah. center lane, the turn lane. Well, I come up to the tur- the street that I'm going to turn on. I pop on my blinker. I'm about to merge into that center lane. Oh, no, there's a guy standing there. <laughs> and this is, like, literally a 40-mile-an-hour street. Yep. And he's just standing there in black in the center lane where the way cars are designed, your headlights don't point that way. Like, yeah. your, your, your driver's side light points more straight. It, it goes a little bit to the left, but it doesn't point, like, a wide brand. Um, like broad spectrum, like on the the other side. So I literally didn't see him until I was already turning into the lane. And then he's like there in my headlights, like, holy shit, that could have been it. Cause I was in our Tahoe. Like that was a squish and he's gone. And it's just, why, why would you put yourself in that situation? He was not at an intersection. He's just in the middle of the road, in the middle of the road. (laughs) Like it was the worst. And I, I totally see how those things happen from firsthand experience. And it is, it's, it's a lack of respect for the vehicles and it's just ingrained in people for some reason that it, like, like I said, pedestrians have the right of way. That, that's it. That's where they check out and they just do whatever. And it's so scary. I mean, Portland's a pretty good looking city. So maybe people are just like really spaced out. Oh and yeah. Just looking at all the cool scenery. <laughs> oh, wow. and, like even at night. And yeah. At night. Look at all the stars, man. Oh, <laughs> I have noticed that too, though, that you could see like so many more like planets and stars up here. Like I'm blown away still like every night that it's clear, like driving home early in the morning. And it's like, yeah, there's, I I can't name them, but I could see like every planet of the solar system. Basically (laughs) it's bizarre. I'm used to maybe seeing Jupiter and like a little tiny little red speck and thinking, yeah, it's probably Mars. But now it's like, you see everything. It's weird. I haven't actually like tried to, I, I don't know, like I don't have like a telescope or anything. Mm-hmm. I've never actually looked at like where they are in the sky. Yeah, no, I, there's a, like a few good apps like in the app store. Oh yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Those the, are the best for like spotting everything. Yeah, Google had one for a while. Yep. I think yeah, I forgot yep. about that. There's like their own mm-hmm. sky map and yeah, sky map. That's it, right. It's cool because it, it'll work off your compass, so you yep. can literally yep. just like yep. point your phone at the star and it'll tell you what it is. Yeah, those were great. I forgot about that. Right. Yep. So with yourself, number one, the, this is the the fun, boring stuff. What do you do for a living that you would willing to share? Cause okay. I I'm tight with that, but also like, what do you do for fun? What's, what is, what's Andrew all about? Oh my God. <laughs> uh, so I do front end development. Um, pretty standard stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that's about, it's another common theme with, with the game developers I've met so far though. Yeah. So I, uh, career wise, I started out, um, kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 my first office job really was like uh, project management type stuff. Yeah. I did that for like three years. Super exciting. Three. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> super exciting. And then I, I got a degree in, well, I had a degree in, uh, graphic design, but I couldn't quite get like my foot in the door. Yeah. So to speak. That's all uh, after college. And yeah. And so at this office job, I, I kind of made a lateral move into development and did UI design for this mm-hmm. company. And I uh, did that for three and a half years. Nice. And then, um, you know, moved out here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so now I'm doing front-end development uh, because I've sort of kept up with, like, technologies over yeah. the years. And kind of uh, I've dabbled in, like, both web development and design. Mm-hmm. So Well, and it's, it's good because, I mean, that shows you have – a creative mind, yep. which helps come up with new ways of doing things versus just repeating the same old. And yeah, it's, it's part of that out of the box thinking that everybody's 
crazy yeah. for and you it always got, hear it about it gets in trouble sometimes I'll oh say, yeah i'll totally. say that because <laughs> you could always go too far yeah yeah totally <laughs> get a little too ambitious and then yep yep that's that's yeah it turns into arrogance or something yeah yep. well and i i get that all the time and it's that it's like we've been talking about that that feedback loop where ideas sound great in your mind and you yep. can see it through all the way to the end and the finished product but once it actually starts to get into implementation and other people start actually seeing it and oh yeah <laughs> yeah sometimes you have to like scale back some of your mm-hmm. ambition totally um but that's that's a good life advice thing yeah it's, yeah get used to scaling back your yeah, ambitions yeah get used to it <laughs> but doesn't mean don't try no absolutely uh, not yeah but well, and, and that's that's one of those things too we we hear it from everything especially in in creative terms that iterations yep. are like the biggest thing and being able to 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 get something out of you, good or bad. I mean, a lot of things aren't worth sharing, and we'll never see the light of day. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's it's practice. It's it's getting getting that muscle fitness going for whatever you're doing. And I mean, that's it. Like, yep. you, and that again, like a common theme. I I'm a generalist when it comes to it, but it it feels like coding is coding, programming is programming. That a lot of these skills kind of cross over. And just having a general idea of it and working, like you said, you're a front-end developer. It's like, do those lessons and experience apply to game development usefully? Or is it kind of like close but not the same? Front-end's weird. Uh, yeah, it's it's close but not the same. Because yeah. um, in game development, you have to think about... Because um, it really helps to learn like C++ because you, mm-hmm. you have to make your game engine like super lean. You know, just getting as much, you you want to get as much speed out of it as possible. So So being able to build it from scratch is better than grabbing pre-built? Yes and no. I mean, it's it's more more like C++ is based on, uh, like, memory management and stuff like that. And that's, Mm -hmm. like, the big thing with... with people programming in other languages is, you know, that it's nice not having to deal with memory management. Yeah. But, like, when you do have to deal with it, you are forced to like figure out some really tough problems yeah like you know am i loading too many resources in this frame mm-hmm. you know and, and all this weird stuff that uh you wouldn't think about um in like front-end development for instance right because like, in front-end development it's just pretty much uh you know you're whatever you're doing is Going to output to HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Got you. Because it's, uh, it's running. It's there's all these weird frameworks and stuff like that that mm-hmm. you're coding in, and you know they're fun and they do all these cool things. But like you know, ultimately it's it's spitting out JavaScript, HTML, right. and CSS. It's basically translating what you're what you're building and what you're designing into those simpler languages. Yeah. For you, I mean, yeah. that, that's an engine basically, right? That's doing that or. Is that, like, the correct term for it? Because um, I think in, in, in terms of, like, game design, you've got game engines that do all that yes. that base core stuff for yes, you. Yes, and, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so it, it's like, yeah, with, when you're using, like, a, a UI uh, of, like, you know, something like Unity or Unreal Engine or something mm-hmm. like that, uh, a lot of those, like, problems are solved for you, you know? Right. So um, you mostly don't have to worry about that. And that's great. Like, But if it, that's there's a big but coming um, not really. I mean, um, I mean, it's great. It's just like uh, uh, different strokes for different folks, you know. Well, it's like I fell into C plus plus, so that's what I'm working well, I, on my game in. I see you know, the value so. to it 
in kind of like a like a my I don't know analogy for it would be like it's anybody can drive a car but do you know how the car works can you fix it yourself <laughs> yeah, like it's that kind yeah. of step above it's like yeah I'm a game designer but you can also build the core aspects of it that that make things run and understand yep. when you do run into issues with engines and things not communicating properly you can look behind the scenes and actually be able to troubleshoot and figure out why things aren't working or just build it all yourself. Like, cause that's, and, and that's always an option. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the, that's the fun thing about using something like C and C plus plus is that mm-hmm. you do learn all that stuff under the hood and right. um, like it does kind of make it fun in a way. Yeah. Like it, if you're kind of a masochist, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, another analogy I just <laughs> like thought me, of but... too, it's you get a bag of Legos, right? Yeah. Are you the guy that builds off of the instructions or are you the guy that just builds? Yeah. I mean, that's that's a kind of thing, yep. a way to look at it, too. It's like, yeah, you can follow exactly what's been laid down before or you can make your own version of it or you can just go completely off script. Or, you just, or, do, you, or do you just leave pieces around the floor for yeah, people right? to step on? <laughs> are you just a complete terrorist? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's, that's what we call um, – like the guys that make viruses and shit. That's that's them. <laughs> There's they're those animals yeah. that take Legos and, yeah, they plant them. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to gaming, um, what's like your your gaming life? Did you grow up in a gaming house? Did you get in early? Was it later in life? Uh, yeah. So let's see. My brother and I got a Sega Genesis in like 91 or Ooh. 92 or something like that. Well, we're like family now. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was me. Yep, yep. And uh, so we had, you know, we were straight up uh, Sega people for Sega files, the longest time. Whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I had I had a 32X. I had a Nomad. Oh, man. Yeah. It was like all these like weird like Genesis related the, things. The add-ons. Yeah. We didn't yeah. have a Sega CD actually. I'm kind of pissed about that. Right. But. But I, honestly, it's it's the yeah. funniest thing. It's like at the time it was the coolest. Four Dreamcasts. Hell yes, <laughs> of course. How many are modded? We, oh, um, hmm. that's a good question. Uh, so we had a launch model. Ooh. Um, and then we each had like our own ones after my brother went to the army. Oh, gotcha. And I went to college. And then we had like a second one to replace the launch one at mm-hmm. home. So <laughs> that's awesome. The one I had was a specific model that could read like burn CDs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't actually quote, have to quote. mod it. So, uh, but you I, just I, had, I knew a friend that had, had use, one like, that had sketchy yeah. software to like burn the discs. So yeah, no, I remember those and days. get them to launch. Yes. Properly. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's still the days of like hardware modifications like the yep. the PS1 mod chips were huge. I remember looking at that in high school and talking to a guy that knew a guy that could get a he could get the mod chip and then he knew another guy that could get like a template to solder everything on cuz it was that like complex at the time to to actually like put this thing into the board and it was just like a series of jumpers and something that would force feed some code to tell it like confirm that yeah it's a disc it's yeah i mean it's funny you bring that up because i uh i bought a saturn uh several years ago probably like six six years ago maybe Mm -hmm. i don't know and uh i ended up modding that and i i used like a a mod chip to play burn games first Mm -hmm. of all but then i made my own mod chip for 
the region switching part of it. Oh, so that's good. like that's like a separate thing. You can right. You can buy like one mod chip that does everything mm -hmm. uh, for whatever reason. So and so yeah, I learned how to like solder stuff because <laughs> like I'd never like done anything electrical right. engineering before. Nope. And <laughs> I remember I was like looking this stuff up when I was like at work too. So it, I'm sure if like somebody walked by and saw my PC, they thought I was like making planning to make a bomb or right. something. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Because it was just like, oh yeah, here's all these these chips and hardware and stuff like that, and dig it, yeah. I'll make it so, in. yeah, and um, that mod that was a cool project. I uh, I ended up like modifying like this code. That, well, like okay, so basically, like I took like a schematic for the mod chip itself, mm -hmm. and then there was basically like a, a C file that you would program onto the chip. Yeah, and the I changed like the C file to use uh, a RGB LED instead of a two color LED. Ooh. So yeah, yeah. So nice. I can, yeah, so I got red, green, and blue. Yeah, exactly. Like, outputting <laughs> for like different regions. Right. Yeah. That's so. neat. That's that's the craziest stuff. Like that, I, I never got that far into tinkering. Like I just yeah. never had the access to to anything like that. Yeah, I've al I've always that's loved, awesome. like, tinkering and stuff. Oh yeah, and, that's yeah. that's the best part of like being a geeky nerd guy is when you first start, when something breaks, your first thought is I'm going to take it apart and try to figure out why yeah. and see if I could fix it. Like that, that's, that's a core like DNA thing. That's not something you teach. Like I'm, I'm almost positive you're born with something like that. Cause it's, it's the tinkerer gene, but um, something that I don't know if you've seen and you definitely triggered it for me. I just saw recently that a guy. Oh yeah, your your modified controller <laughs> interface. Yeah, so I have so I have like I have like a uh, a for my laptop I have like a um, a wireless sensor for Xbox 360 controllers. Mm -hmm. um, so you can play with your wireless controllers um, on like PCs or whatever. Right. So, um, and this was like one of the first gen ones that they came out with, and uh, I have like it has tape all over it right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's covered in like. Uh, electrical tape because I opened it up. Well, it stopped working at one point, mm -hmm. and I, I I just assumed it was like planned obsolescence or something. Oh yeah. So I found a guide about how to like fix it, and opened it up and like you know tinkered with these little parts and stuff, and mm -hmm. it's been working. What was it for like just years or something? Connections that came undone. It's this little shitty uh, aluminum piece that's like I don't know. It's like it's hard to describe. Is is just really cheap just a cheap piece of crap that yeah. they put in there that they knew and hoped like you said planned obsolescence it well like i didn't even need to replace any parts it was oh just a God. matter of like taking this aluminum piece and like unbending it or like bending oh, it out yeah. a certain way <laughs> so it had a little bit more tension or something gotcha. like that and it was the, the craziest the thing yeah that's weird was yeah. it like attached to like a button or something is that why did it was it a uh, physical thing i don't that remember that's weird yeah <laughs> but it was it was definitely something like that i had to do that in our one of our key fobs for our our car yeah we had to do that that it you would sit there and just hammer on the thing and every once in a while it would work and we could not figure out why but yeah pop it open and it was the same thing like a little bent piece of aluminum or whatever in there but it was the battery connection yeah that it's just it's so old and worn out that it wasn't making a good solid connection with the battery. Bend that some bitch out, crack it back together, and boom, it's yeah. like brand new. Stupid things like that. But um, on the the Saturn, um, that was one that I I went PlayStation. That's when 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. that's when I changed yep. families, and that was the end of Sega as a console developer as well. <laughs> but um, I kind of, like, skipped. I skipped, like, PlayStation and Saturn and just went to Dreamcast. Yeah. Because um, I was also, yeah, I was right. also doing stuff on PC at that time. God, can't believe and that's, I dismissed that. Yeah. <laughs> the Dreamcast, it, it was a thing, damn it. Like, I love the Dreamcast. Yeah, that's everybody cool. did. And I mean, yeah. it set the standard for a lot of things to come yep. that nobody else was doing. That was that was the the rogue console at the time. What and surprises I mean, me is that it was only around for like two years. But right. it, like at the time, it felt like a lot longer. Well, it was groundbreaking. Right. It was like the first, not the first console, but it was the first console to really make online gaming mainstream. Yeah, yep. It, it came, did it come built in with the modem? Uh, yes, it had a 56K modem. That's insane. Yeah. Cause <laughs> well, I mean, other, 56K, like, but... It took it was the <laughs> it took up to the PS2 to get a hard drive and a, a modem again. Yes, on a console, yep. and it had been done before in weird ways. On the NES, they had like a TV service, and then Sega, the Genesis, had like an on-demand game thing too. Were there even like many online games on the PS2. Yeah, well, not. So I mean, like many. Xbox, Xbox made it like Xbox made it a home, like, yeah, a yeah. mainstay. Um, Sony. Like, I had Final Fantasy XI that I played online. That was their MMO. Oh, sure, yeah. And then uh, there was only probably, like, a handful of other ones that were yeah. ever online. Yeah. I I keep wanting to say Killzone, but I don't think Killzone was. I remember playing that with my buddies, but I don't – it I, it might have been online. I think it okay. actually was, hmm. potentially. But, yeah, it's very few. But um, with the Saturn, i just seen – like, it's literally within this year, um, a console modder finally figured out how to bypass the CD drive. Yes. Yeah. Because the CD drives are so Great old one. now that they're going out and replacement parts are basically not available. You've got to yep. steal from another old console. Yeah. I, I actually screwed up a motherboard throughout the course of my modding project. Oh, and no. like the first Saturn I bought was a uh, it was a, a Japanese console. Yeah. Because it's the better one. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it looks it's cool. It's prettier. It looks it's, really cool. Yeah. It's got like the the white case it's, and all that's that. That's what I was gonna say it's the white one. Um and the I screwed up the motherboard, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. So that happens. Uh, it so right now I actually have like a U.S. motherboard inside the Japanese case. Oh no! <laughs> well, whatever. But it works, was actually right? it was actually a little bit easier to mod because it was a separate like form factor of the the board and oh, stuff yeah. like that. And uh, but man, yeah, that, that's still like kind of a, a gripe. That right. I'm like, oh my god, mm-hmm. I, just, I need to like. Well, that's a new a new project for you. Is now you can if I can just get like the Japanese get a BIOS Japanese board onto the oh. U.S. Motherboard, I'd be I'd be happy with that. Yeah, I was just I could simply could... get a Japanese board somehow, but <laughs> if you could do that, if you could reflash it, yeah, that's really the only thing I, I like. You know, yeah. I just like that that splash of the. Uh, I like the Japanese idea of logo and stuff. It's I, cool. Yeah, I like the idea though too of, of bypassing the disk drive because now you can run everything off a hard drive and there's your yeah. whole library and yeah. never have to worry about loading a disk again and. God, like yeah, I have like a CD booklet full of yeah Saturn games, right? Because <laughs> that's a thing that. I kind of dream of when I think of like perfect setups, like for your consoles, your entertainment center, your PC, like building all of the consoles into a console, like have like a a temperature controlled power supplied, everything, all the consoles are just basically stripped and rebuilt inside a giant PC tower, basically. Yeah. Somebody did that. Right. uh, I think it was on tech TV. Got him. I could I not be the only person it was. to it was think either, of it. It was either screensavers or uh, – I think it was screensavers, actually. Before G4, at least? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. before the G4 buyout. Right. Um, and this guy named – I think he went by the name of Yoshi or something. Oh. Not not, not Ben Heckendorf. <laughs> I don't remember his name. 
Yeah, I don't know, but you know, he put like a PS2, an Xbox, uh, a GameCube, mm-hmm. um, maybe even a Dreamcast, like maybe. inside of a PC case, and yeah. a, and it had a PC. And <laughs> it was the it was the nut. That's it was insane. Nuts. It was awesome. Yeah, it's it's it makes perfect sense though. I mean, there's no reason not to do that. Like, yeah, it's it's work, but, but I, mean, I am you I'm, know this guy was like hardcore engineer. You know, he did yeah. like, all the like modding and stuff in the case to do that you know so. well and like wired everything together too i think i'm like recalling yeah seeing getting flashes of it where yeah everything was like hardwired too like like physical cables and everything running around and oh yeah i can't even imagine but that's that's a that's a life goal right there for sure because <laughs> i hardware modding is cool i yeah like, i want to like do more of that stuff but mm-hmm. you know it's a it's a big time addition, sink in addition to the th- in addition to being a time sink, it's it's a money sink too because you have yeah. to buy like all these stuff for it. Well, and yeah, know? when you're looking at old consoles, you're there's there's a time of even finding what you need, and then yeah, the cost of it and potentially importing stuff and yeah, because yeah, you, you get invest in like, a good Dremel and mm-hmm. like you know soldering. Well, and all new skills stuff too, and... stuff that you may not <laughs> be good at. Yeah. But hey, with 3D printing now too, you make mm. a lot of cool shit like mounting points and stuff to really slam everything together and. Your cooling solutions will be top of the line now. Liquid yeah. cooled, oh, LEDs everywhere. Like <laughs> I still don't have like a full liquid cooling system on my PC. I want one. We're barely, barely getting to the point where it's required because it's yeah. still kind of overclocking. I mean, I have like a, main. I have like a preset liquid cooled, uh, like motherboard um, processor. Heat, yeah, it's like a heatsink for my for mm-hmm. my motherboard. But like you know, it's still hooked up to a fan. So right. What's the, what's the point? Yeah. It's <laughs> it's it's one of those like hokey things. It's like a, a gimmick in a way. Yeah. Like a truly like truly water cooled system would be. There's a Has separate a radiator with a reservoir and like yeah, yeah everything is separate. But <laughs> it's it's crazy to even imagine that we're we're or, putting or all your pieces are stored or all your entire uh, computer is stored in a fish tank with mineral water in it oh my god that's what i was thinking or like like yeah mineral oil or something or mineral oil yeah yep. whatever it is yeah yeah whatever this stuff is i one thing that i remember from i worked at a, like a pool supply warehouse and one of the funny things that i saw there was they had a their one of the circuit boards for one of their like remote control things it had like a gel filling inside the back of it because it had to be waterproof but it was the weirdest thing. You sit there and just like stick your finger in it. <laughs> it would oh, like yeah. it would form back up, like it was like a, a real like resilient gel. But that was that was yeah, a weird thing. It was like it's like wondering like man, what would it be like to do that with a computer? Like because one of one of the things that another thing I always envision is like a what do you call it? I'm thinking about food now, <laughs> where when they <laughs> disassemble the food, it's like a an exploded cheeseburger. There's a different word for it. We're a deconstructed, deconstructed okay, okay. food is where they, <laughs> they like, it's a cheeseburger, but it's spread out on a plate into its different components. Okay. And you basically like recombine them to take a bite, but it's, it's a fancy foo-foo, foo-foo thing. But with a PC, like a, a deconstructed computer is always like a fantasy of mine where everything is just like literally like on the wall. So wait, wait, like, no, let's go back to the food thing. We're going to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk yeah, about this. Deconstructed so you go food. To, okay, so you go to a restaurant mm-hmm. and you order a cheeseburger. They don't give you the cheeseburger. They give you the lettuce, the, the it's, it's a weird, tomato, like, the bun, yeah, everything's separate. It's like separate. the components, but oh. it's also on like a weird scale too. It's not like the full thing where you put your cheeseburger together like a buffet <laughs> style. No, it's like a weird little cube of meat 
a weird little mm. dab of sauce and like yeah it's <laughs> it's like i said it's a crazy foo-foo thing but that's that's big with like the the foo-foo fancy pants like yeah but yeah like thinking about with like a pc i've always wanted to have think of hot pot uh, you ever been to a, like a mm-mm. hot pot joint oh my god it's really good <laughs> i mean it's it's the type of thing where you know they give you like all the food separate all the ingredients separately but mm-hmm. it's like you just put it in like a hot pot you know okay you, you boil it like right at your table got you type of thing yeah and then i Let makes me think of like a mongolian barbecue place yeah where like you pick all your different toppings and basically make your own plate but yeah but it's, yeah it's really good Definitely like with the check, find a place that does that right well, around here, that's one of oh, the other yeah, things sure that Portland's crazy about is food. Yep. <laughs> there's probably 20 of them within a 10-block radius of here. Mm. <laughs> Just never know because it, that's vegan, one of the other things. Everything hot pot. Yeah, God. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, um, but, yeah, with the exploded PC, like, I've always wanted to do that. Just have everything exposed out of the case, like – Simple version is just like on racks, basically. But yep. I'm even picturing make make wall art out of it, like yeah, have yeah, like yeah. your motherboards over your here, yeah. And, yeah, and it's got the cards. But then like your hard drives over here, and just have like I picture like having the cables run across, but also like LED strips. Hide the cables in the wall, or hide the cables in the wall. <laughs> like oh yeah, there's so much potential for that. But then you have dust and shit that's yeah. an issue. But like heat wouldn't be then because you've you could. You'd have to have, like, fans set up to keep the, the main motherboard and processor and everything cool. But everything else is pretty legit. But I, I think that is an issue overall with PC design. It's It has to be in the case because you control the total airflow. But, I mean, in an air-conditioned room, how bad would it be? But I don't know. That's just – it's one of those things. Some little weird fantasy of mine. Hmm. Um, with I just the, want, like, a ton of money – to spend on like the craziest Period. PC setup in the world. Just a ton of money, please. <laughs> Just send me lots of money. Yes. Thousands That's... of dollars that I can blow on a single PC. Right. Because you can. <laughs> I mean, it's right now off the shelf stuff. You could spend over 5K just to build one PC. Yep. And even not like, it wouldn't even be max spec. Like, because the second you, you click buy, that shit's already obsolete anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, you're you're never going to be on the bleeding edge, but I mean, God, yeah, the the, the potential is endless because it'll you can be, be top of the line for like a week. Yeah, see that? I just want IBM Watson. That's that's it. I just <laughs> want that level. Of <laughs> uh, but um, on the the hardware side too, like you said, the tinkering. One of the early ones that I did, my PS One, I can't remember what I did. I'd taken it apart for some reason, and in reassembling it, I had actually pinched one of the the ribbons and it was the ribbon to the i'm pretty sure to the the cd drive oh boy yeah and it split (laughs) it split like a quarter inch on the side of it so i could see the split it's like there's there's nothing you could do about that (laughs) somehow i was able to use i used like a a tiny piece of packing tape wrapped around it and it it still works like to this day i could pull that guy (laughs) i don't know how i got that lucky because that, that seems impossible to me. That well, it would still I mean, work. You use electrical tape, first of all. Right? <laughs> I mean, but, uh, tell that to 10-year-old me or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. The, um, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're still closing that circuit, like it's not a big deal. Yeah, and it somehow it worked. I mean, it's And you're just, not crossing wires. Right. That's and, yeah, with that, with that ribbon, it was like a flat ribbon. And, like, it was basically like a... A, a flexible circuit board 
in a way. Like yeah. it was just those flat channels of of metal yeah. running through it. But yeah, that was. I'm not not advocating that you should fray your nope. cables and never, stuff and never, <laughs> and expect them to always oh, work. But. No, that was like I said, that was one of the luckiest things I did. Yeah, but I. I don't know. Like hardware tinkering, like I said, I love doing it. I've rarely been successful with it because I, yeah. I'm more interested just to get in and see what goes on inside it versus like actually knowing what the hell I'm doing. Because yeah. I have a, a Dell tablet that like the Wi-Fi went out for some reason. So first thing I did was rip it apart to see if something had actually like physically burned out. And then, no, everything looks fine inside. The antenna is still connected, but it was like, what had happened? It, the Wi-Fi just wasn't working, I think, initially. I'm trying to think if it had bricked or not at that point. But mm-hmm. I'm in still stuck in the process of trying to restore it to any kind of functionality because what happens is if I can't get that Wi-Fi working, it will not get past the the startup process. Like the, the actual, like, like the first step is you select your language Second step is connect to Wi-Fi. If it can't connect to Wi-Fi, you can't get past that second step. Right. So I had that's that was the process is the Wi-Fi stopped working. So I had just saved everything off of it that I needed to and then um, did like the factory reset. Yeah. And that's where I got stuck by that wall. Yeah. It's like a death loop where you can't get past that step. Well, took it back, tried to reflash Android on it. Yeah. And I've got like all the files. It's an old, older Dell laptop. But I've got everything, reflashed it back to the core, um, flashed onto like the the recovery interface or whatever they call it, and now it's stuck at that point and I can't get past it. Oh no! It's it's a nightmare. But yeah, it sucks because it's. I did, I did some Android modding. At yeah, I I I might just like we'll meet up and I'll give it to you and say here here's a project. Oh God, no 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 no! no? Oh, damn it. <laughs> Hell oh. no! <laughs> then I guess I'll go to I don't even know where to go now. I like mean, batteries and bulbs, they say they do that shit. <laughs> yeah, and Android, mod- Android modding isn't, isn't totally fun because it's no. like you still have to find, like, device-specific stuff. Right. Even if you're flashing, like, a custom ROM onto mm-hmm. it, which is, you know, your custom OS, essentially. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's just well, a huge pain. And especially for some third-string device like this, it's a Dell venue. It's like it was their mainline tablet, but they only made it for, like, a year. Yeah, and now they're on to bigger, better things, and the the hardware, like the software firm, firmware version, like the last update was a year or two ago. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's absolutely like no support for it. I don't even know how I came across the the Android files to even be able to do this, but yeah, it's it's gone, and there is no custom ROM that I could run on it because, like you said, all the individual components are completely unique. I'm sure to it. And, Nobody, yeah. nobody cares. It's like the right, like hardware hooks and stuff. Right, and nobody's yep. nobody out there is going to write a custom like setup for yeah. this device. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah, it's yeah. different if it's like an HTC One or something like my phone. Like, yeah, there's a million of those out there, and people are actively like developing shit for them. But ugh. I mean, you'd be surprised. Like, I, there might be something out there, but you know, who yeah. knows? Well, like I like uh, I took like a I bought a Nook from one of my friends, mm-hmm. um, and. I modded it with a uh, stock Android 
So, so, so I like wiped out, out the uh, the Nooks OS, yes. or whatever, which is kind of Android based anyway. Yeah. But then I put like a like a custom stock Android mod on it. Nice. And uh, did it actually run, run and well and better than no, the no, Nook? It was very slow. Oh damn! Because <laughs> that's that's always the hope too. Is like you think that their firmware is the garbage, then that's the problem. But no, it's it's a bad build from the beginning. Like the hardware is not up to snuff. It, like it, I would, I would argue that it wasn't. That the the OS itself runs okay, I'll mm-hmm. say that. But it's like there's like this weird input lag with it. Like it's just a bad tablet to use. Yeah, right. It's a tablet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's meant for like e-readers, you know. Yeah, and that's that's where I got stuck. One of the first tablets I bought was an Amazon Fire tablet, yes. yep. and it's same thing. The user interface is fine if you're just doing Amazon stuff. But if yep. you ever try to like, like I tried using um, the Autodesk Sketchbook app. And it mm-hmm. is super laggy, like, and you can't draw like that. That's, but that's what the Dell was good at. It was terrible at like browsing the internet or YouTube or anything. But for just running that single app and nothing else, it was glorious. It was yeah. like a perfect little drawing tablet just to doodle around in. But now it's trash. Like, <laughs> I I hate that. That is probably one of the biggest pet peeves in life you could have, being any kind of like nerd or geek, is when your tech is just bricked. And there's nothing you yeah. can do. Like, what a horrible feeling. Yeah. I brought some devices back from the brink. Well, that's what I'm hoping, is it somehow, some way. I, I wish I could have done it, but obviously not. So now, I don't know. It's it's hard when it – God, I don't think it cost me, like, over $100 when I got it. And now it's been, like, a few years on. And it's like, well, just get a new tablet, idiot. Like, <laughs> you could get something so much better for around the same price now that will just blow that thing away. <sighs> I remember. But, I just oh, remembered a good. Hurts. I just remembered a good like modding story mm-hmm. uh, related to phones. So I also had a uh, Motorola Atrix, mm-hmm. and I remember like at one point I wanted to put like a custom ROM onto it. Yeah. But I didn't charge it fully, <laughs> oh, and no. that's like one of the biggest like that's critical screw ups you can do. Yep. Is not charge it before nope. doing something like that because it has no way to like stop partway and save anything it's just yeah and so guess what happened i bricked it because yep. <laughs> it um like i couldn't like it wouldn't charge at some point because i was trying to put the new rom onto it mm-hmm. but but here's where it gets interesting <laughs> i i took a let's see i couldn't use a usb cable to charge it because the interface for the charging stuff wasn't there. But I read a guide about how you can... Like hardwire it? Yep, yep. (laughs) Literally stripping a USB cable and (laughs) wiring it into, like, these weird little metal bits, like, inside where the battery is stored. Oh, my God. And that was the craziest thing I think I've ever done. Hot wiring a phone. Any sort of, like, (laughs) yep. (laughs) It was literally hot wiring a phone so I can get it to charge. I love it. And I used that phone for a little while after that. Like, I got it it going again. Oh, my God. And unbricked it. Right. That was was the most insane thing. Yeah. I remember one, like, a a little project along those lines. I was going to change the battery in my Zune when those were still a thing. And got it open, popped it open, and saw the solder points for it. And I think that's where I gave up (laughs) because they were just microscopic, (laughs) like, nah. Because the thing that sucks with trying to do anything with modern hardware for the most part is everything's baked. All the solder is baked in. You cannot do almost anything with the soldering iron unless you're, like, a crazy ninja. Yeah, it's really tough. you got to have, like, a very – 
Yeah, I mean, you have to have a, a fine point soldering iron. You have to have steady hands. And you... the right solder, too, right? Aren't there, like, different variations of it? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Because I would figure there's different temperature ranges and different, like, uses. Yeah, I don't know too much about it from there, yeah. Because I, I would hope but... that, like, the, the solder that they use to seat your processor isn't the same as the shit you buy at Radio Shack for, like, a buck. Like... Yeah, see, that's what I was using. <laughs> I Like, I... I, all this, all the soldering I've done is from like just cheap radio shack solder right. that has like the flux into it and built yes, into it and right. that stuff, and it's very blobby, you know. Right. That's that's <laughs> what I wonder is like if there's like a and you got to be like a fine detail to... solder that can make smaller blobs, <laughs> basically. But yeah, yeah, I, I think it's the more of the soldering iron. You need to okay. have like a a tip that's like relatively unused and it's like very yeah. fine and. Oh god, not not and the one that I've had on there for twelve years. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like the soldering iron I have is like really janky and like. Well, aren't it's all, it's all doesn't does anybody own a legitimate soldering iron? I mean, please, yeah, right yeah. into they, the show. They if wear you do. out pretty fast. Like that's yeah. the thing. The tips just wear out fast, and so that's yeah. They're a sacrificial part. That's why they're removable. That's yeah. what, that's <laughs> it's yeah. not. They're not interchangeable for your convenience. It's because they're yep. garbage after a couple of uses. Yep, <laughs> those, buddy. those suckers get hot. Uh huh. Yep, man. Um. You said you didn't want to get too far into it, but I would like to mention your game in well, progress. Yeah. Because, I mean, do you have a formal name yet, or do you I just want to talk about concept? Uh, Yeah, I'll just talk about the concept for mm-hmm. now. If you want to see, like, what the game looks like and the progress and stuff, you can follow me at Pepsi Otaku on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's basically a racing game <clears throat> based on... Um, like stuff like Super Hang On and stuff like that that had like sprite based. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, Top stuff. Gear was the one I was I think of when I see it too. Yeah, that was a like a Super Nintendo one and yeah. the first test drive games they were like that. Yep. But the uh, the the hook I guess with this is some story stuff and mm-hmm. um, which I won't talk about. And right. Secret story stuff. Secret story no spoilers. stuff. No spoilers. Well, you could probably just kind of look at my Twitter feed and ah, find some stuff and kind of <laughs> piece things see together. the direction I'm going in. There's, yeah. yeah. But, um, and uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So basically, like, um, a lot of those games, like, that have come out in, like, you know, recent years or whatever, or mm-hmm. e- even just, like, the, the games back then that had that aesthetic. Um they were, you know, just straight up arcade racers. You right. know, you're you're driving in a straight line from point A to point B. Uh, you're hitting these checkpoints along the way. You're be, you're racing against the clock. Yeah, and um, that's great. You know, I, you know, that's that's something I'll have in my game. Right. But like, I also want to have like you know just modern racing stuff too, like normal, like laps and mm-hmm. uh, set courses and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, things that like you know you didn't, you didn't see necessarily in games of that aesthetic mm-hmm. that you saw more in like 3D racing games. Right. So it's a nice after. blend of generations more or yes, less. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Cuz that's 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 one of the best things right now in like game development is that it's I I, I always remember the guy I used to work with that totally didn't get it. He's it's like we have all this new hardware and all these capabilities. Why are we making games that look like they were released in '87? Because <laughs> like, they're sweet, right? They're fun. But I mean, <laughs> you could not get it less than him. Like, because it's there's the retro appeal of it, but yeah. it's also it's the combination of easy to develop, right? It's easy to develop, <laughs> but it's also it's the combination of those wild concepts from back then yeah. that hardware could not execute. Well, yeah. now you can. Your wildest dreams of like a, a a concept from back then like can be fully realized 
and even go beyond what was possible back then. Like, that's the key to it. It's like a game like even something like Shovel Knight and Cave Story Mm -hmm. that looked like they could have come out on the Nintendo or Super Nintendo could not have physically worked on those systems, period. So it's it's that that type of leap. Well, technically. (laughs) Somebody somebody ported Cave Story to Genesis. So okay. there's a there's a Genesis for that's good. story. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and that cool. that fits. But I mean, but but yeah, I don't want to like, interrupt your narrative. Well, no, that's that's <laughs> it's true. It like some some cases because Cave Story is light, but something like yeah. Shovel Knight that's made yeah, to literally look yeah. like an NES, like a, a Mega Man style game, could not be recreated. And even like with the the new ones, that was the the funny thing. Like when they did finally do Mega Man Nine and Ten, that was hilarious that they added in like flicker, like you could turn on flicker because. Modern hardware, you can actually run the games now. Yeah. So when you when they built Mega Man originally for the NES, it was like pushing the limits of the hardware, and that's where you get the flicker. Is like it literally just can't process all of those images at the same time. Every yeah. like if there's more than three characters moving on screen, everything <laughs> up. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, one of those that's things. A, that's a weird thing. That's <laughs> like. That's like a combination of the refresh rate, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, locked at 60 hertz in American consoles and 50 hertz in UK consoles and all right. that shit. But, yeah. Um, and, and then, like, on the te- technical level, it's just, like, system limitations. Like, how mm-hmm. much are you trying to push in that frame? Right. And so that's you, if you have, like, too many sprites on screen, you get that weird flicker thing going mm-hmm. on. But, yeah, I think it – I thought it was hilarious when they released that and then they, they had that as an option – because, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, with, like, all the emulators and a lot of things that come out now, you see, and you're, you did it, too, on yours. You have the different um, filters, like the CRT yes. filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so everybody loves that one. Like, Shaders are, like, really easy to code mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, to implement and stuff. So And, I mean, they make such a dramatic difference yeah, depending on what yeah, you're, you like, trying really to achieve, cool stuff too. With them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I won't say it. they're, like, easy to code, but, like, you know, they're relatively. Yeah. And they're light, straight too, on the on the load. Yep. So I mean, yep. it's easy to implement. Well, yeah. I mean, that it's basically loaded in a separate section of the video card. Mm-hmm. So it's like video cards have like different memory banks for different jobs. Got you. Okay. So yeah. See, that's that's the point of this show. We're learning stuff, kids. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Game <laughs> development. Right. Um, God. With um with the game, like what. What kind of long-term goals do you have? Do you want to do like a full, yeah, like a full retail release, (laughs) aiming for a PC and mobile? Uh, Starting on a PC, Mm -hmm. um, the library I'm using is uh, SFML. Uh, It's like a C++ library, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm just coding it from scratch because I sort of fell into C++ development uh, years ago with. Somebody made a uh, a library for RPG Maker 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a C++ based library that basically hooks into uh, the engine's like memory and lets you like do whatever the hell you want, basically. Right. Like stuff that you couldn't do in the core engine itself. Right. Um, or the the editor. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, it's not really the core engine. But yeah. Um, yeah, the editor. The the I mean, it's it's that interface yeah. that everybody uses. Like the Joe Schmo's like me. Like if I was to use yeah, RPG yeah. Maker, that's where I would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to use the interface. It mm-hmm. makes things easier and stuff like that. Um, for this racing game, I've I've thought about like uh, you know if I were to like make some kind of interface for 
um, making tracks and stuff like that. I, mm -hmm. you know, thought about like, you know, what that would look like and stuff like that. And, you know, at the moment I'm just do writing it all in, in code and yeah. would just, that eventually make it easier for you to kind of build the game then too? Yeah, possibly. Versus cause right now you're hard coding everything, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to spit out tracks into, uh, the JSON format, mm -hmm. JSON. Um, that's, and it's that's like weird. a human, a, it's like a human readable <laughs> format. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's the same name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy. Uh -huh. I didn't know I was a, a piece of tech. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're some JavaScript tech. Man. Uh, and so JSON is like a a successor to like XML, which mm -hmm. is uh, another like human readable. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you call it. Like it's scripting? not quite. It's not quite scripting. It's it's basically just like a way to store data mm -hmm. into a file and make it like readable. Right. And so like track data is eventually going to be stored that way. Okay. Um, and I could in theory write like a website that is going to like show you or allow you to like make a track or something like gotcha. that, you know. So I mean, yeah, because because JSON's uh, like also web technology. Oh wow. So. That's one of those crazy ambitious things that maybe like do you have like a, a really well, I already have like the JSON stuff working for yeah. other stuff, yeah. Oh, good. But shit. Um, like I have it set up for uh, the course styles, which mm -hmm. is like you know, like, or like your locations, like that you go to. So right. It, it stores like the palette that the course has. And any little and filters that you've built for them too. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Awesome. Um, do you have like a any kind of like solid roadmap in mind of where you're going with it, and like different kind of milestones and cutoff points? For your release, like how do you, how do you kind of like, I mean, like I'm, like I said, like a roadmap of your your release. Do you have anything in mind? Have you thought about like? Yep. Yeah, I mean, basically, um, I've been working on it since last August, mm -hmm. and uh, I basically want to uh, just flesh out the engine first. Obviously, mm -hmm. um, that's probably like just like the main thing that uh, I have to like focus on. And I like I wanted to do, like have it like done by like a year, uh, like the year mark. And yeah, you know now now that I'm looking at it more realist realistically, it might be a little <laughs> bit longer. But, yeah, <laughs> but um, after that, um, I'm gonna work on like the engine I'll need for telling like a story and stuff like Got that. Got you. And that's gonna be like you know text, you know text blocks. Mm -hmm. like, messages and stuff like that okay. people, characters interacting with each, other, with yeah. each other and stuff like that now, um, I, now I just got that and, wild fantasy of you transition between like racing levels and then side scrolling like shooting oh god oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry no, 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 I don't no, want to no. plant those evil seeds but like this this is part of why I don't think I could ever like be a game developer too, Shh, too I would, ideas. Yeah, yeah I would never finish any damn thing because I would always want to add like another and another and another you just like, have to oh. you have to discipline yourself a little bit mm -hmm. for sure like it's like I know that like I'm having all these ideas about like what to do for a story and stuff like that and yeah. you know I've in this mind in my mind I've got this perfect story imagined and like uh but I have to like say okay no i have to work yep. on the engine and yep. figure this core stuff out first right like that's just how i'm doing it yeah and yeah so no, I, just, I just know that like you know I'll, i won't be able to work on that stuff for like you know x number of months or whatever yeah so well no, it's i think it's important it's it's part of those like core lessons that you have to be aware of looking into this i mean because that's again that's one of the core goals with this podcast is to to get that kind of 
info out there for people that are thinking about it. Like like me, if I if I ever did consider like actually putting one of these random ideas to paper, you know, like, but yeah, it's it's awesome to know and to get that insight for people. Yeah, I mean, basically, like the one like main thing you should understand about game development is that like it's going to go through numerous iterations over the course of the development oh God, that yeah. you might not even like know about. Right. Uh, like Doom, foresee. Doom, for example. Like they had like a canceled version of Doom Four or whatever it was. And, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. The whole. I mean, that when I just I think I can't remember if I mentioned it or where I mentioned it. I think it was on the last episode of this podcast that Prey. Yeah, Prey's a weird one. That's a I can't the, even begin to describe right, like, what went Right, cuz Prey 2, well, what I what I, I mean, think Prey, the original Prey is Prey, like completely different. Yeah, it's no, like totally different concept and idea and everything and Yeah. And now to what it is You're with Native the American and yep, on an alien exactly, spaceship. Right. Walking on walls, mm-hmm. and ceilings. Cuz I think what I what I remember That's happening, to me. like it's weird that there's like a new prey. That yeah, is not that. At well, all. and <laughs> like, why not even change the name? Like, yeah, why not like, just have a different name at that point? Yeah, because weird. You're not playing off of the brand. Yeah. So, yeah, but I remember, like, what I remember is I saw there was a trailer for Prey Two, and it was like an airliner gets like a like a guy gets abducted off of an airliner like mid flight. And right, was, like, yeah, the opening, there was that trailer like, cinema, too. Yeah. And yep. it's like, okay, it's a real thing. It's happening. And, and that's completely different from the like, right. Prey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. It's That that Prey 2, like everything that was Prey 2 is gone. And I yep. I just don't understand what, what and why, like what's what carried over, Even why they kept it. that was like a deviation from the original. Oh, so yeah, because that was, that was their plan with it at that point was to, to branch off and do something unique to the first one in that same universe. But... I think what just it was like a, a business thing. It was the whatever studio owned the license that yeah. that developer was working on folded, and during their bankruptcy stuff, it got auctioned off. That IP went somewhere else, and yeah. God knows where that development team is now. They're probably just oh, completely yeah, I'm sure split they're, up and yeah, gone. Split off and so yeah, just it's here's basically just a like a, a file folder or a box of all the files of shit, shit yep. that they were working on and, and the license to go with it. And here you go. And this is what Bethesda ended up doing with it somehow. Yep. And it's, it's crazy because it's way more successful than the first one, probably more than the second yeah. one ever could I have been. I, I have it at home. Like I just got it from Gamefly. So hoping to get into it because I got that and, Gamefly. Yes. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. No, I have been a member of Gamefly since like day one. (laughs) As soon as it was available in my area, I got it. And it's it's crazy to think that like if you look at the the bad side of it, that's fifteen, sixteen dollars a month for like eight years. (laughs) That's a lot of damn money, but that's also how many games that I have not paid full price for or even bought that I would have hated. Yeah. And it's you're not going to Redbox because there's no Blockbuster or anything anymore. So I've, I've got the, the comfort of – the other thing is I like their queue. You can queue up what games you want to rent. And now they also added something that I had recommended a long time ago. If you move a game to, like, your top spot, it will stay there. And, um, like, if you send a game back and they don't have that first game on your list, now they'll actually wait a week. 
to see if one comes in to ship it out to you so before going to the next one. This secretly sponsored by Gamefly. I wish. <laughs> Gamefly, I will, like, read, like, I'll read four ads an episode. I swear to God. It, yep. I will change the name to the Gamefly Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just, even just for a free monthly service, like, <laughs> I would do anything. Um, but, yeah, like, it's it's always been great. And the game that I just got, too, for $8 Call of Duty Infinite. Yeah. They told that story and it's trash. Like, it's un- honestly, good. no. What's the last game you paid like a lot of money for, like full price for and just hated? Oh, hated? Or like just dis- disliked quite a bit? It's it's hard because I there's very few games that I hate. Like Call of Duty is yeah. is one that I'm, I'm pretty sure I may never play again. Like I'm just yeah. that tuned out on it. Yeah. But... I haven't played Call of Duty since like Call of Duty 2. Right. That's, that's <laughs> me. Like Modern Warfare... And, and I think two are the last ones that I played. And it's like they went into the, like the, the future warfare kind of thing. And now this is like super distant future. And it's like <laughs> this is just like a really bad version it of got, Halo. It's just gone like, so off the rails. Right. Yeah. And it, it, it was one of those things. There was a transition from like I think it was. Oh, who was making it? Treyarch, I think, was originally making it. Yeah, it like alternates and, between Treyarch and, and uh, Infinity Ward. Infinity Ward, you're and right. And yeah. it's the Infinity Ward ones that aren't yeah. great. It's and unfortunately because they're, it's like a secondhand license, a secondhand IP. Yeah. It's not theirs, and it's just basically contract workers building a game, <laughs> yeah, and basically. it shows because you boil it down. Yeah, yep. and it like one of the first things I thought playing it is like it's just it has no soul. Well, <laughs> that's why because the people building it are literally just on a job. I mean, it's not a passion project. I not go that far. Cause I mean, like there's still like a definite, definite level of passion with game development for sure. Just period being a game developer, there's passion. But yeah, it. but the, like the sad part about doing like a big triple A project is that you're answering to like people like shareholder type. People, yes. You know, absolutely. You know, yeah. Cause it's, it's not a shame on them for it's, it, that's, that's one thing that I always try to be is not super negative about, video games when they are bad or when they're not good because yeah there's a hundred people behind it or more especially with like a big triple a game like this but it's like <laughs> this is why that big studio system doesn't work in a yeah. lot of cases it's because you end up with this stuff that's like it's it's third party third party third party development that nobody could possibly have enough of an influence to ensure that it's a, a quality or like like I said, like a passion based product. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's all just people on a list yeah. working for different companies. How could you? It's it's nobody's baby yeah. at that point. And that's what I think makes a lot of those games suffer is Yeah, I, I feel like if if it was just um like Treyarch like making Call of Duty games, you know, mm-hmm. maybe and releasing them only like every few years or something. Yeah. You know, I feel like they would have like a it would resonate either like resonate with people more or like mm-hmm. they wouldn't like people wouldn't feel burned out about right. hearing Call of Duty. You yes. know what I mean? Because that's what it is. It's that oversaturation. Yeah, thing. yeah. It's like like Assassin's Creed too. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Assassin's <laughs> right? Creed. Right. Don't get me started on Assassin's Creed. <laughs> that's um, my joke. Every time I bring it up, it's oh yeah, well, we got Assassin's Creed 34 is coming out. So cool. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be a thing. But it, it's, it is. It's it's no shame on the developers themselves. It's no shame on anybody yeah. that's working on the game. It's just, it's the nature of the beast. Yep. That, I mean, this is this is mass media. 
Yeah. That we found something that works. This sold millions of copies. Franchise I don't care it. if yeah franchises. <laughs> I, I don't care if you're you're done with the idea and you want to move on to the next thing. Yeah, we want another one of those. Yep, those make money. Right, and they don't realize they don't care that it's lightning in a bottle. They're just going to milk it until the franchise is dead and garbage to everybody. Like hmm. Assassin's Creed. Like they're still trying every year and they're still failing every year. And it's that's that's why guys it's. Hmm. It's it's okay to let an IP just sit and simmer for a while. It, you don't have to iterate every single year. Yeah. We don't all have to be Madden. Like, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the thing with Madden, too. Those games come out I mean, full price all the time, but literally, like, months later, they're $10. Yeah. And it's it's crazy. Like, Call of Duty. I mean, the gear, game's not even a year old, I don't think, and I just bought it for $8. Like it's it's yeah the whole like sports game thing is is a weird space because you have like yeah. updated rosters and stuff every year. And well, why not just make a common platform? Like, stop messing with your engine and adding all these new features. Just update the rosters, run the game, yeah, run a core game for like three years. Yeah, yeah, I'd totally be cool with that. If right, that would like sports games, but like, yeah, because nobody cares in the end. The people that are passionate about it and that are going to buy the game and play it consistently, yeah. That's all they care about is bring updated back roster packs. stats. Yeah, like really. <laughs> bring back expansions. I mean, it's it's all like an MMO. If you made Madden an MMO format, like where mm. it's four bucks a month or something, like oh, there's sure. there's some kind of Price model out there. Yep. Yeah, that yeah, it's just a long term thing. Like it's yeah, you you buy the core game, but it's like Destiny too. Like again, any MMO, that's how they work. You buy the core game once. And then you pay for updates yep. for years, as long as it's not stale completely. Yeah. And then, yeah, you release another iteration at some point. But Have you bought, like, season passes and stuff before for games? Sometimes. And, yeah, they those always bite in the ass. Like, I've, I've yeah. never been completely satisfied with one. I think the last one, though, that I bought, well, I know the last one I bought was Final Fantasy XV. Yeah. But then before that was, like, Battlefield Four. Yeah. And nothing else. I think the only one I bought was uh, the Forza 4 one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got really into Forza 4. Yeah, that's racing game DLC has been all over the map. Yeah. Forza's has been a lot better, but it's also frustrating because it's one of those like like gray area DLCs where I know you've got the initial game development period. Yeah. I know there's things that don't make it into that window. But you're also just adding cars. You can't tell me these did not exist. At so, like, you cannot guarantee that they did not exist in some form before you announced them as DLC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's I mean, I mean, that's yeah. frustrating. I mean, that's gotten really bad. Yes, with, with games and because that's like, that's. I their, feel like that just needs to stop. Yeah, like, what are you guys doing? Because that's just, their fallback every time. Is yeah. well, yeah, we couldn't develop it in the in the window. Okay, but it's ready to go on release day, like. I understand there there is a period where you go gold to where it actually releases where you yep. cannot make any changes and that's why but we do we get these day one updates that are 40 gigabytes for yeah. everything now yeah. so it's 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 it is it's it's one of those like like I said it's a gray area because there's some fact to it but then there's a lot of hyperbole there's a lot of like like fluff that they lay on it too that the truth is somewhere in the middle and it is it's super frustrating like mm. the final fantasy stuff with racing games, anyway, there's like other. It's also other issues that get brought in, like licensing. Yeah, Forza Four is a weird one because when that came out, 
they didn't have the Porsche license because no. uh, it belonged EA. to EA. Yeah, yeah they were yeah, exclusive yeah. for like 20 years. Yep. And then like eventually like Forza 4 got a Porsche pack, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah, that, I remember that was one of like the, it that was, was like, one, that was a big, it was, it was a big deal. I was like, ooh, yeah. Porsches. Which, I mean, having played like all of, almost every racing game that comes out at some point, like all the different series at least, like Need for Speed had Porsches forever. So it's like yeah. it wasn't missing them. And then Gran Turismo had the roughs, and those showed up a lot here and there. But I don't know. It's it's not like a, a thing I was ever really passionate about, so I didn't care. And I don't think anybody – like honestly, no nobody was like such a Porsche enthusiast that they only played Electronic Arts games. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> so it's, it was really stupid of – Porsche to have done that for all these years it's like you totally just like pigeonholed yourselves for literally no reason yeah like there there's no benefit to it I mean you're leaving money on the table from all these other developers like EA could not have written a big enough check to cover everybody that wanted to put a Porsche in their game yeah because I mean god they apply to everything like there's there's just regular like third person adventure games that could buy a Porsche license potentially and put it in their game just cause yeah. it's, it's not just these two mainstream racing games. Like it's, the word, it's insane. The word exclusive has gotten Ugh. so out of control in recent yes. years. Like, like it, do, it has no meaning anymore. No, it's, it's, like- <laughs> it's totally just whitewashed to where it doesn't have any meaning. Cause yeah, it's everything's like a timed exclusive now yeah. or even that, like there's garbage exclusives where you get like early access quote unquote to a game it'll be days early or like a yeah. week early like why like Gran Turismo I think just announced that or Gran Turismo or Battlefront one of the two that yeah if you buy like the the special edition you get some avatars and like a week early access to the game yeah so what to to get on and play online with a third or like an eighth of the people that they'll actually be there. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're basically part of the open beta at that point. Yeah, like yeah. it's, you're not getting anything exclusive. And I always liked physical content. Like that's, that's a special edition still to me is yeah. a physical component. Like the, the pit boy with fallout. Yeah. That was epic. That was like the biggest thing in, in like gaming, like add ons that you could get. And still, it's like it's an epic, like high watermark. It's not DLC. It's not freebies in game. It's there. I don't know. It and it is. It's it's such a thing that's been just like, done to death. Yeah, I've always loved just like art books and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like show me concept art right. from the game throughout the pro- throughout that like game dev process. Right. Just give me a concept art book. Exactly. Don't, like I'm, I'm a sort, I'm sort of against like the big plastic stuff that like comes with it because yeah. it's always like a little bit cheap. You well, know? how it's many statuettes do you quite, need? Yeah, it's always <laughs> not quite mass up produced. To snuff, you know, so yeah. it's cool when they include like art and stuff. Yeah, That's, stuff like behind the scenes stuff that you can't see anywhere else. Yep. Yeah, yeah. it's it is it's. A, and that's that's the thing too. That's that's a good point on it. It it is it's unique content that isn't just like piled on or something that you forced out. It's like this is behind the scenes stuff. This is, it, it's it's real. So it's many real and unique. On each of these. Yeah, versus a statue yeah. that one person designed and then you had mass produced in China. Yeah, yeah. In the case of like Skyrim, you know, mm-hmm. oh, we just took our like we just took a couple like three uh, D models that are like right. in the game and yeah. made a plastic thing out of it. It's so boring Ooh. and generic. Because <laughs> even that, like, why not do something creative with it? 
like have it do something special, yeah. have it interact with the game somehow or just anything. Like it doesn't even light up for Christ's sake. Like there's just nothing there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It was it, like I I got the Skyrim special edition and it was like this like it's like the hollow stone thing and then mm-hmm. like the dragon that like sits on top of it. Uh, I forgot the dragon's name. But, oh yeah, um, me too. <laughs> yeah, it's been so long. But I mean, um, we've, we've and like it's it just felt like cheap. It was like really yeah. hollow and mm. like it just you could like tip it over really easily and Jeez. stuff like that. Like I don't know. No, was, there's there's no quality to it. Yeah, or it's like, like yeah, that, like, that man, feel. What a waste. Ugh. And the worst part is the box it came in. Yeah. It's like a massive yeah, box right? that takes up like half the room. Bigger than the box that the <laughs> PS4 came in, right? Like, Gee, thanks for this. So. <laughs> uh, that was like the the biggest box I think I've had come through is the the one for PSVR. Yeah. That thing was like a suitcase, but yeah, I could in the DLC you've seen some of those, like you said, the Skyrim one. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other ones. Like I'm the type of person who like keeps like the boxes and stuff like that, just because yeah. I'm weird or, I, you know. No, like, I used to, but it just it got yeah. to the point after in cases we, like that I just get so mad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> after we moved for like the fourth time and all that stuff was still just hidden away in a box. Yeah. That I finally like had to cut bait. Like yeah. before we moved up here, I filled our recycle bin with all my like old magazines. Like I had all my PSM and Nintendo Power magazines, which I kept like a greatest hits assortment, kind of. Yeah. But all my boxes, yeah, I just trashed them, especially ones that I didn't even have the games for anymore. But I know, like, as in terms of like game collectors, cardinal sin type shit. But at the same time, it's like I, I can't. I'm not going to put this on display. I don't have a museum wing yeah, to my house right, to right. like put all this stuff out. So. It's I reduced my DVD collection mm-hmm. by like getting rid of the the boxes and stuff. Right. So I just put like discs and yeah. uh, and I, wallets. I did that, and we we still just have like the last like five or six years worth of cases that we haven't transitioned. Yeah. But then I also got rid of all my all those like PlayStation One and Two game cases, except for some special ones. Yeah. And then I still have all my CD cases though. I keep all my game cases. Yeah. Like I've been pretty. I, consistent about that. It was but. just horrible guilt because I have the hoarder gene to throw that stuff yeah, away. Yeah. But God, it, it, same. Yeah, it felt like I was on yeah. that damn show, buried alive, like the hoarder show. Like when they do finally like put the first little like stuffed animal in the dumpster and like walk yeah. away from it. It's like, yeah, you know, it's not that bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got like that sense of ownership, and mm-hmm. like eventually it just wears away, like right. over the years, and you know, you don't care about keeping the cases anymore. Right. So. No, it's you do. You just you tell yourself so many stories of what you're going to do with that stuff down the road that just never comes to fruition. Yeah. But it is it's like it until eventually you just need that shelf space. Yeah, right? <laughs> until your kids pictures go there instead. Like I don't yeah. know, like yeah, there's other things that'll happen. Um one of the other major things that we've hit on um between each other was our love for retrowave music. Yeah. Like it's it's a huge deal. For for you especially, like for me, it's kind of a background yeah. thing, and I I love it. I love that it exists. I love literally like having it on in the background. It's the best music for doing anything. Yeah, like it's it's so great and just like. I mean, that's been like it's been like my primary inspiration for mm-hmm. this game. Well, uh, yeah, I that's what I, I picture is like yeah. this type of music in the background. Like, oh god, I've yeah. listened to like some of these artists like to death mm-hmm. and like <laughs> every little point piece where, that they release yeah to the point where like a part of me is maybe a little bit sick of it but then yeah. like I still just love l- listening to like some right. of the songs over and over oh and, yeah like, it just it's so cool I just love it so for anybody um, that isn't up to speed with the retro wave 
It's basically AKA like Outrun, aka Synthwave, mm-hmm. aka Future Synth. Oh man! <laughs> like there's so many like weird names, right? For it, but just just like any music genre, like oh yeah, that's the dark death grudge sludge <laughs> with the the grime side to it. Yeah. Like no, stop. But yeah, it's um basically like 80s synth music, but again, just like just like we were talking about with the the video games, you've got. It's in this vein, the style of 80s stuff, but with today's technology yeah. and every like the synthesizer packs that we've yeah. got, the the production like programs, like everybody's got Audacity and GarageBand now. Mm-hmm. So you've got access to just so much more. Like we're this used to take a room full of physical synthesizers and sequencers and shit. Yeah. You literally do it on a laptop. Yeah. On your phone even. So it's opened up this whole new world where there's just a new artist every hour that yeah. <laughs> it's just self-created. And it's one of those things that it's not like. And as you listen to it more, there's more like niches. Oh, to yeah, the, totally. To like, oh, this this artist has more of like a space vibe. Mm-hmm. This artist has more of a straight up 80s pop vibe. Yep. Oh, this guy's adding in chiptune music. Like, yep. You know, like stuff like that exactly. I think is like super cool. Right. Um, I, I do love that. That like the one that's been inspirational for me thinking of kind of projects and development is moon dragon yeah moon so dragon's cool one of the ones that i found on on twitter and he starts each album with a theme yeah yeah yeah. like before <laughs> he starts writing any of the music he's like what's this one going to be fighter about jets. <laughs> yeah like the last one was fighter jets his current one was like F1 formula one yeah yeah but it's like all with that's that good. retro vibe he's like good. like top gun Jet fighters, he like does, that's that's what was his inspiration. He and then, collaborates with Meteor too. Yeah, it's really awesome. Right, there's FM84 that we talked about, Wave Shaper, uh, Moon Dragon, Meteor, Calm Trues was another early oh, one, that that one triggered me onto it because when I've got, I I've got a list. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The Midnight, Robert Parker, Crockett, Gunship, Christine, Gunship, oh, yeah. Laserhawk, Lamatos, mm-hmm. uh, Miami Nights, 1984, Calax, Mitch Murder. Yep. Uh, oh, and then Wave Shaper. The <laughs> yep. But, yeah. oh, it's like, the who's who. Yeah. Like, they're, they're so cool. Like, right. There's so many, like, cool songs. The the first time I ever heard any of it was on Sirius XM Chill. Oh, cool. And overnight, they would play, like, just the wildest stuff. Like, that's where I first heard of Calm Trues. Like, just the name alone because it's you're switching the letters oh, of Tom oh, yes, 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 Tom yes, Cruise, right, and yeah, there was yeah, another yeah. one that was yeah. Mord Fusting. Oh, I remember that one though. <laughs> I I think that one ended up being like a different like genre. Uh, it wasn't into okay. this, but like hearing that stuff, it's like holy shit. And then it starts popping up in other media like Stranger Things. Yeah. The the biggest like Netflix hit of the last like five years, and who was it? the the Defenders? No, who was the band? thought it survive survive is the name of the band that did like basically the score for the the series because there's other like licensed music that pops up in there but yeah. those guys it's i think it was kind of like god i don't want to misspeak but i don't think it was like their main line thing making music like that like i, oh, I feel like I'm it was like sure, a project yeah. but they're more of like 
they do scores. I mean, by the, time, by the time Stranger Things came out, Retrowave had been kind of a thing. Yeah, totally. Um, I didn't start get, really getting into it until like a year ago when mm-hmm. I started working on this project. But like I had oh. listened to, like I had a few uh, albums of stuff like Lamatos, which was, they did the score for Turbo Kid, which is a very 80s based yeah. like movie, like a very Retrowave movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like kind of like my main inspiration for the game that I'm working on. Awesome. And that has like a very space vibe. Mm-hmm. And there is, let's see, who's the big one? Uh, Kavinsky. Kavinsky was like the first, yeah. I think, or like one of the first. Right and like, it was, he's like a French electro mm-hmm. type artist. And it kind of, uh, like he had uh, that song from Drive that was uh, it's kind of like the beginning of that movie. Oh, yeah. Have you not seen Drive? No. <gasps> I've. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, the guy I did my last <laughs> podcast like with, that was one of the last God. things we were going to do. He was like, oh, yeah, you got to watch Drive, and then we'll do a yeah. podcast. I was like, I just didn't get it from looking at it. Just like with Baby Driver, like, I still, it's it's such a hard thing to get Baby from Driver a trailer. Yet, but. but to 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 really grasp what's going on in those movies, because that's the thing. It's obviously there's a lot going on in drive that you don't see from, uh, yeah, it's Ryan Gosling driving a car, like big flipping deal. Like, <laughs> but no, I've, I keep, it keeps getting it's that art, resurgence. Right. The art. So, and that's, yeah, I do. <laughs> I have, I have no real argument. Like I need to do it, but I yeah. mean, it's like, it's like a crime thriller, but mm-hmm. uh, it's like the way it's filmed is like really cool yeah. and, and just neat. Um, and it just has like a very cool, interesting vibe to it mm-hmm. that you know kind of resonates a lot in like these retro like the okay. retro ways scene yeah i have to i mean it is it's on my list of musts yeah and that's the thing with with baby driver now it's the same director from writer and director from like hot fuzz yeah edgar wright yeah edgar wright so if it's him like already i'm i'm in what's wrong with me it's the title it's supposed to have like super is so like just it, it it does. Yeah. It just spits me out like immediately. What? Yeah, you're like turned literally. Off, you're turned off by the title? Literally. Why? Just the title. I have a mental block for it. The, I don't know why. It's so name stupid. Is baby. I know. And he's a it driver. Because he has like a baby face, but it's like a stupid mental block that I have for just, whatever just reason. Exactly. I need to. I, there's no you excuse. Tell that mental block to <laughs> go away. Right? Like, <laughs> I'm going to get the ice pick and stab that part out that. of me. Don't no. do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will find a way. But yeah, and, and listening to him talk about it too, like on a, another podcast I'd heard where it this has been his like passion project. This is the movie he's wanted to make for the last like 20 years. Yeah. And now he's finally been able to to put it on paper and do it. So it is. This is, this is his life's work and good for him for it being like a massive success and like hailed critically and by fans like yeah i think it was the, i think he said it was like an idea he had like 10 years mm-hmm. 20 years ago or something right. crazy so yeah and it's it's just one of those things he's had in the back of his mind like anything yep. that we have like all of us have those ideas that this would be great and i i think of them like all the time but only in bits and pieces that's what is frustrating for me like i've never had a whole concept i always get an idea for like a scene or yeah. a shot or something yep. like a funny line. I mean, that's, but, that's, oh. that's how it starts. Like yeah. that's, that's how like the inspiration starts. You just got to think about these little snippets and mm-hmm. then you got to piece them together somehow. Right. 
Yeah, because one, one concept that I always like is the Logan's Run scenario. I love those kind of things in, like, the island. You remember that one? That was I haven't a, seen the island. The no. island was good, too, because it's mm. it's in that vein. Mm. It's not like Michael Bay. Well, yeah, Michael Bay is yeah. a, a definite acquired taste or a specific taste. <laughs> it's it's a it's one of those – he's a director yeah. that – He likes money. Well, he likes money, but he's an <laughs> expert in visual art in a movie. Like, setting up shots yeah. that, like, are for, – for the action, like, in-your-face popcorn movie genre – yeah. He's an expert. Like, and it comes from his start. He started filming ads and car ads specifically. Oh, and true. Yeah. It's the, the stuff that he, like, basically invented. Same thing. Self-taught. Making shit up as he goes. It's it's that, I think, has made the kind of mental pathways for me to appreciate him like I do. Because it's, it's understanding that, yeah, it's popcorn shit. Turn off your brain. Don't don't think you're seeing high yeah. art, but That's, visually, yeah. like just cotton candy for your spectacle. eyes. Yeah, the see, I feel that way about um, what the hell? Uh, what's his name? Christopher uh, Nolan. Yeah, uh, all of the Christopher Nolan films are like awesome. Well, me. but like he's just like, just uh, from a pure spectacle level, mm-hmm. and like it watching them makes me think about Jesus. Like, what the heck did he go through making this thing? Like, right. To get There's, these shots, to get these and, shots, yeah. and like all well, this neat stuff, because he does like practical effects. Yes, well, and that's what's crazy. It's like when yep. you see people tumbling around in a hallway. That's a complete hallway on a turnstile, like yeah, on yeah, a rotisserie. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he doesn't mess around. Referring and, to Inception, mm-hmm. of course. Which the hallway scene totally ripped off my idea. I literally have like <laughs> sketches <Okay. laughs> somewhere. No, like seriously, from oh. Christopher Nolan ripped you off. So when when did Inception come out? Like <laughs> oh, I don't 2010, know. 20, yeah, say something like that. It was at least like 2007 that I was imagining like this action anime thing where the Grim, it was the devil, had basically set up a corporation. He was among us and devil's advocate. Yeah. Okay. So Jesus comes to Earth as a ninja and oh. holds or takes an assault on like the corporate headquarters hmm, and he's like going it. floor by floor I like it. fighting his way up the building right and oh, like that movie. there was a, a hallway scene where it's like an equilibrium type of thing yeah with Jesus. yeah kind of like that but yeah <laughs> like running down the hallway and he would like it was one of those things where kind of like a the quicksilver scenes from the X-Men movies where time basically stops or runs really slow for I think I've only the seen soldiers. X, I think I've only seen like the first X Men. Oh yeah, from getting that. Oh god, <laughs> well, I haven't even seen X Men too. It's like that thing good. where everybody everybody else is moving slow motion, but he's moving normal speed. Yeah, yeah. So it's that kind of thing, yep. and that that was the idea. Is it, it's kind of just the like flash. a slow motion shot overall, but it's on that rotisserie hallway. So everybody is standing on the floor, all the soldiers with their guns and whatnot, and he is like on the wall, slice couple steps on the ceiling, slice, couple steps on the other wall, slice, and he just works his way down, like, corkscrewing down the hallway, and then everybody just, like, falls apart, like, you know, that typical, like, anime. They cut, and they stand there, like, ah, no damage, cool, and then slice. Like, <laughs> Good versus evil in its purest form. Right, exactly. So, that that's where <laughs> I was ripped off by Christopher <laughs> Nolan, and I'm going to call my lawyer. Heard it here for, right? first, folks. <laughs> well, after the fact, but I'll, I'll find that drawing and I, <laughs> I, I have a date stamp on it. I promise you 
See, that's where like Twitter is super valuable. If you draw something, if you have a concept, put it on Twitter. That way it's out in the internet forever. <laughs> so you can reference back to that when the lawsuit goes to trial. <laughs> yeah, I know. This, it's completely Hilarious. ridiculous. But that's the thing. It's like you get those weird little flashes of single things. Yep, and it's like, yep. hopefully I can remember enough of them down the road to put them together into something. But yeah, to see... Just, just to conceive of how to interconnect all those stupid things. Yeah, that's that's an achievement in its own. Oh, but man, the other thing that I watched recently that just totally blew me away, finally got Westworld taken care of. Oh yeah, and you just it, watched it. Just watched it because ah, okay. we've had HBO, and with Xfinity, it's been a pain in the ass. Like it says we have it, but when you go to the channel, it says you have to go online and add it to your your channels. So we do that. Is this going into spoiler territory? Should no. I'll, I'll, I'll stay clear. But going to the website, like, could not find anywhere where you could actually add it to your lineup without, yeah. like, changing your, your whole package. Like, okay. this weird circle jerk that they put you through. I'm sure if I picked up the phone and called somebody within the last year, I could have figured it out. But, you know, being a turd. Let's, well, th- let's talk about Westworld. What right. did you, you think of it? Finally got to watch it on demand. So, yeah, like a year late. And it is, like... Breathtaking in so many ways and so original and twisty yep. and smart yep. and just so deeply multi-layered. Yeah. And I, without, like, I don't want to spoil it. And, like, one of the biggest things, yeah, I, I just can't even say. In a couple places. In a couple places, there are dumb things. Like, there's, there's very end, I'm thinking. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, falls, we'll falls talk off bit. air about, like, specifics just yeah. to stay out of spoiler territory. But yeah, well worth the watch. Deal if we bring it up. Like, we'll... Skip to this time, Code, if... Uh... True. <laughs> like, to, to kind of surmise, the series itself, it's a Wild West, basically, theme park in the future where yep. there are mm-hmm. androids as actors, basically. They call them hosts. Yeah that play the part of all the cowboys and natives and hookers and you name it. But then there's also other regular people intermixed. And like in the story, they say at any time, there's like 1500 real people in the world. And it's, this is hundreds of square miles of like, say Utah, Arizona type terrain on the desert canyons and shit. And basically you do whatever you want to do in this era of wild west. Basically. I mean, I think all the real people are just tourists. Yes. Yeah, 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 they are. They're just tourists. They're people yeah. that paid to be there yep. and experience just basically whatever storylines out there. And it's basically like <laughs> an open world MMO. Yeah. In in video game terms, and I think that's part of what appeals to me. It's like and you can you can kill these robots if you want to. Yeah, and that's that's one of the big things is <laughs> a, a consistent theme that everybody likes to bring up is that you can either screw or kill everything, and that's what everybody yeah. ends up doing. Yeah. So, <laughs> so have you seen the original seventies movie? I I'm aware of it. I know like the the kind of main turns of it, yeah. but yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's it, it's really basic by comparison. Yes, but, totally. Uh, There's like yeah. two main kind of plot it's, points to that whole flick. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It takes just like a couple of the the beats, that right? Because mainly the it's just a stalker storyline. Yeah, like a eh. like a, a Halloween. <laughs> well, a little bit. An, I mean, unkillable like, stalker. I mean, that's the coming stalker out in this case is just like a robot that right. has. Uh, uh, you know, just he's overridden his inability to kill humans somehow, right? <laughs> no, well, yeah, he's, he's like... broken the the what is it? Not the Turin test, but the at oh, what no, are I think the rules? The basic rules. Turin I can't test, remember. That kind of works too. But yeah, 
Because it is not Asimov's rules or something like that. No, I don't know. The original rules that said, like, a robot cannot kill a human or indirectly contribute to the death of a human. Yeah. The the, the three rules. Yeah. Which is consistent with all, like, Android cinema. It's nice that they stick to that. I mean, it feels like a really basic trope. Now, there's all sorts of other stuff that. Well, yeah, it's been around for 100 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Totally. It's been done. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, moving into spoiler territory, if you don't want to hear about the spoilers of Westworld, probably skip ahead a few minutes. And (laughs) Sorry to butt in here, but if you want to avoid any of the spoilers for Westworld, go ahead and skip ahead to about an hour and 47 minutes. Yeah, well, we're not going to spoil everything. Just a couple of the big ones, like like we're saying, the the kind of flaws that did kind of show towards mm-hmm. the end, especially. So the big one for me was the the main prostitute, the one that ran the the whorehouse in town. The way that they just let oh, her yeah. run her her little storyline out, yeah, where she wakes up, she she learns how to wake up. When she's not supposed to be able to, like in the, the real world, the, yeah, the real world, quote, quote unquote, unquote, yeah, where she's like every every day that they get killed, they go to like a repair shop. Basically, they yeah. get their memory wiped, they get repaired, and then sent back to do the same thing again. Yeah. Well, she's figured out how to wake up, and she starts talking to kind of a a sympathetic repair guy, which for no conceivable reason does whatever she wants. Yeah. And that's where it's just stupid. Yeah. Just in just in this one little plot line. But that he basically risks like his job, his, his life, life like, other people's yeah, lives. Other people's lives. Like she kills directly because of his actions. Oh, yeah, the she whole kills escape scene at the end is 30 insane. plus people. It's like, so dumb. It's ridiculous. And slices the throat of his coworker, yeah, my, and just miraculously is able to save. My biggest problem him. with Westworld is like definitely the stuff like outside of Westworld itself, mm-hmm. like or like uh, that like outer story, I guess. Yeah, it's just it's just a mess. It's just all over the place. It is all over the place. And for sure. I just loved like I loved like the story of like the the man in black and yes, like how that, that was cool. That. That's like that's amazing. And that that was like, one of that's the, amazing. Writing. That's the biggest spoiler for me. If you were to hear this at the beginning of the show yeah, is skip that, ahead this is a big spoiler yeah, this is huge don't just go watch Westbrook right it's good the fact that you're watching multiple timelines yeah simultaneously that's yeah. that's the biggest like hardest thing to that would ruin the show basically if for me <laughs> if if you didn't know that going into it because there's nothing else really there's other like big spoilers big turns but that is the one core thing that just like shuts down so many like of your little theories, your pocket theories as you're going through, like, oh, this is what I think's going on, or oh, that's gonna be that person, and no, like that. That's the one that really like twists the 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 knife. Yeah, that that's was the, the crazy. That's the one, one that like makes it worth watching. Mm-hmm. Like it was really cool to see how that plays out. Like you said, yep. the man in black. That's part of that. Yeah, understanding that whole relationship and what he is to the world, and it's it's so that's a creative one of the big creative turns from the original is how they represented the man in black. He was still that, yeah. like that oppressive presence, like the, the fear, the, the dark horse of the whole thing, but for completely different reasons. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't like, it's not like the same character. No, like, not at all. And yeah. it's, it's so great. The original that is a, that. just a straight yeah, robot, just a murderous robot period. Yeah. So yeah, much more depth and 
That's that's one yep. of the best qualities of it is just. The I'm glad layers. they did that too, and then didn't yeah. try to like lean too hard into no, like the 70s. Not at all. Line. Just just taking the the broad concept period of it's this crazy theme park where you can do whatever you want, but the what about the robots? Yeah. How do they feel about it? I mean, that's that. Those are the big themes, like right there. Just and it's it's crazy, like how they really like twist your empathy throughout. Yeah, and, I mean that's like the whole lesson of the entire thing is just the lack of human empathy, and basically this development of a new species now, just through I like guess. evolution yeah. and like the core kind of tenements of evolution as far as like we theorize that yeah like the mistakes because that's actually a, a big thing that resonated with me is one of my like life advice things my life lessons is I learn more from watching everybody else screw up. Like that's what informs me. Not not being told the right way to do things, but either screwing something up or watching other people screw up their lives and learning that, okay, I'm not gonna do that. Well, that's basically how the androids evolve throughout the, the world of Westworld is like literally they say, like Anthony Hopkins character explicitly says, they learn from their mistakes. And that's right. that's the key to evolution. It's like holy shit. That's like one right. of my life mottos. Like, all right, <laughs> sold. Yeah, that whole thing was kind of neat. Yeah. What was your kind of favorite part? What's your your favorite twist and kind of what 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 puts the ribbon on this series for you? So, I mean, I th- I had mixed feelings about just uh, Anthony Hopkins' character and like yeah. his motivations and stuff at the very end. Well, the end, yeah, yeah, is going there. Like, I don't know what they're where they were going with that stuff, and I don't know what they're going to do for their next season, type right? Of thing, and yeah. so I just have like mixed feelings about the show as a whole. Um, but the that whole Man in Black story was awesome. Just mm-hmm. the way that that whole tied together, right? Like, that was just like such a cool revelation. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was like. That, I mean, that for me is like the reason why. And that was a good one that I you could not again, really maybe, feel but. that early on at all. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It, your, you your just first, never saw it coming. It no, your first instinct is like, okay, maybe he's Wyatt. Yep. And then it's like, well, maybe um, Teddy is Wyatt. Like yep. it's because that's that's one of the I things mean, for me. Like, I had watched the '70s one before mm-hmm. watching this one. Uh, so I, I I was thinking, you know, maybe he's like actually the Secretly, robot still, yeah, and he's right. he gonna like do that. So like I, that was going through my brain for a while, mm-hmm. you know, throughout watching the show. Yeah, and just trying to figure out. And and I I was like, from yeah, who is this guy? What's his profession? right? Yeah, from early on, like there was definitely something unique about him. But the fact that the androids couldn't shoot him was a, yeah. a good way to like make a clear line that no, he is definitely not the same. But you still always have that question because that's that's the best thing about it or one of the the good things about it too is you cannot be sure of anybody's being human or android on any side of anything because yeah. there's employees that end up being androids there's there aren't like fake visitors that end up being androids as far as we yeah. are shown but that's always a potential it kind of leans really hard into the uh Almost that like that uh, like Game of Thrones unpredictability mm-hmm. like type of thing, uh, and I feel like it kind of works in favor for the show sometimes, yeah. but like I other times it doesn't. You know, it's that unpredictability for the sake of being unpredictable. Yeah, where yeah. it's not really crucial to the pl- the plot or the development of anything. It's just yeah. oh, here's a twist. Ha ha ha. Yeah like, yeah yeah yeah. Okay. 
yeah, we're it's it's is M Night like a <laughs> producer secretly on this? <laughs> uh, but no, that that's one thing I felt like consistently. This last movie's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, uh, M Nights, yeah. Um, I forgot what it's called. Split. Split. Yeah, yes. I watched yep. that. It was. It's oh, actually pretty good, it. and yeah. it's nice that they tie it into um, Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Yeah. Yep. I'm so in, that's. I'm just mostly interested in that. Hopefully, that's my the favorite, sequel. My favorite M Night movie. Mm-hmm. I think that was on. Like, my wife and I haven't seen it since. I don't think she's ever seen it, and I haven't seen it since it came out. That's so like what. That's, that's like one of the first movies I watched like twice in a row after. Yeah. To like see all the it. little hints and yeah, stuff. Like yeah, like, I was just, like, my mind was blown at the end of it. I'm like, that's, oh, my God. That's what I, I want to do with Westworld, again. kind of, is go back through and see. Like, I feel like I, we watched it in a short enough period that I remember yeah. everything. But to go back and see, like, and know what's going on, like, from the start would be fun. Yeah, I watched but, yeah. it week to week when it was, like, airing. Oh, God, so. that's hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, and that's, that's one of the things that I love about the way our, like, media systems are set up now is that. You get the whole series at once. Yeah. I kind of like the week-to-week thing. I do, too. Like, like I loved watching Legion was the recent one that I watched week-to-week. And, yep. like, all the Adult Swim shit that I watched, like, yeah, it's great. I I can't go back and binge a lot of things like that. But yeah. when there's, like, an epic series that I just somehow missed, like Westworld, I just didn't yeah. have access to it. Well, now to be able to go back and watch it all, it's like, oh, it's so glorious. And that's the style that I like to appreciate my music with, too, yeah. is when – yeah, when a band comes out, it's great. Like, oh, it's cool being a Tool fan until you wait six years between <laughs> albums. But to find I'm Tool. as a Tool fan. Yeah, right? But to like, discover Tool yeah. today and be able to go through a back catalog, like, that that's that's that, that damn meme be, of, I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make that meme right now. I can't imagine what that would be like. If you haven't listened to Tool, definitely tr- try them out. Yeah. But, like, for me, I started with Lateralist. Mm-hmm. Uh, when that literally like right when that album came out like I just had uh, Man. I had some acquaintances who knew like who were Tool fans themselves uh-huh. and like I found out about, about it through them oh. and like listening to it for the first time was weird like totally. I didn't understand it oh yeah like no. this was like the first like album for me that changed music the way I listened to music wow and like experienced music yeah you know? so like <laughs> that's awesome yeah I don't know this was like high school you mm-hmm. know and and uh, yeah, it was just a cool album, but I didn't fully understand it the first time. Yeah. It took like repeated listenings mm-hmm. of like just delving deeper into it and going, man, well, that's neat. And that's one of the craziest cool albums stuff. too for not only their concepts, but now theories. Like that's that's the one album, especially from them, that has oh, the most yeah, theories yeah, yeah, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. crazy things I like the, about that stuff. Yeah. There's like the Fabinici, like. Fib- yeah, it's like the Fibonacci. Yeah, the whatever that theory um, is that you could apply to the, the songs and the yeah. different orders, the track orders. Well, no, no, I think you're talking about um, the Fibonacci thing was their next album, uh, 10,000 Days. On 10,000 Days it was? Yeah, I think so. Okay. But it's basically, it's basically like uh, you listen to the track in like this order. Mm-hmm. Um, basically like the shortest tracks are on the outside right? and the longest tracks are on the inside type mm-hmm. of thing. And the the waveform produces are like very similar or something or like it's okay. it's like a palindrome or something got you yeah cuz that's like that. that's another thing that i've read about was like the golden ratio with music that that's where it's like a palindrome where everything starts at a certain point and this is by either by song or by album overall but like yeah it starts at a certain point 
it gets to like a peak in the middle and then it ends at that starting oh, point. Think of something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Because the, the Fibonacci right. is 10, the, the corkscrew. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 10,000 days is the palindrome. And the laterals must be Fibonacci. Yeah, that's yeah, what okay. I think it is. Because, yeah, that's, that sounds exactly like, like that. it is. Because it's, t- it's, it's crazy theories that they apply to math and music and everything. And, and Tool's crazy for I can't imagine time signatures. I mean, I can't imagine, like... Uh, that they planned like, that? That they planned that stuff, yeah. Especially yeah, putting the tracks in different crazy, order? Yeah. That's, that's beyond what they would have yeah. done. Like, I mean, there's I no mean, reason When they put that. out an album, they're putting it out in, like, the order that they... Yes, that they prefer. attended, totally. Yeah. It's it's the same old thing as like the the Wizard of Oz and the Wall. Sure, yeah. It's it's that same thing that we always do. <laughs> we try to find cool, hidden though. meetings. Oh yeah, that's super cool. But it's uh, the same uh, thing. You can do that with one? almost any album and find those Pink synchronicities. Mm-hmm. And uh, two thousand, the end of two thousand one in Space Odyssey. Oh geez, that one's so good. Yeah, that one's even better oh, than. Uh, that's funny. That one's even better than. And all uh, these, you can find all one. this stuff on like YouTube if you Google it, because it is. Yeah. It's a crazy rabbit hole to go down, especially now, if you're you, no, riding you a buzz. To buy, <laughs> you need to buy the actual vinyls. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> and get like an old VHS tape. <laughs> that, another resurgence there, too. Vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's such a big thing now. I have lateralists on vinyl. Yeah? Yeah, that's I've, like the only vinyl I, I do. Have, I, I do as well. The, there was a crazy one. I remember those super collectibles, the Anima vinyl. Like, there's an original, like, fold-out one that was crazy. It had, like, all the mm. art. Like, yeah, that one. Yeah. It was hundreds of dollars 20 years ago. So it's yeah. God knows now. And they have I don't think they've ever reprinted it. Hmm. I mean, in this day and age, I'm sure they have. But I think that's – I've got Undertow, Opiate, or Opiate, however you want to say it, and then Lateralis all on vinyl. Mm-hmm. And the Lateralis one, that's the one that actually had – you remember the, the celluloid? cutouts that they had in the the booklet the celluloid overlays celluloid. i mean i so remember the old celluloid. anatomy I'm an idiot. textbooks oh yeah 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 where it had yep. those like yep, weird yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep so they did they put those overlays on clear vinyl my version on the vinyl release my version has that right they're, they're always different versions but yeah what? yeah that's weird yeah look Mine that one up like because i've i've got those and i've got like other random ones too i don't know what this is called but it's like that weird like uh rainbowy effect type of thing mm-hmm. like mine has that okay and it's like the whatever the eye wheel thing yeah that's i'm googling it now to show you but i mean we've we've gone at it for a while now so this is this is good meaty stuff yeah let's keep going. good podcast man let's keep going oh yeah i've got no. topics uh, yeah but i've got a life no. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a wife at home that's probably chomping at the bit. So, oh, man. Yep. But, I mean, this is perfect because now we can get back together again and do it again soon. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah, save your notes. Make more. Sweet. Um, again, for everybody, to best place to follow you and look up your stuff. Twitter. At, at Pepsi, Pepsi Otaku. Yep. And then um, do you have a website linked off of that, or is it just everything – Basically, uh, go just, through your media yeah, and just, stuff. Just use that. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, check out the game he's working on because yet. it's an awesome retro wave racing game. Yeah. It doesn't have any <laughs> we'll, music, though. We'll define a genre for it eventually. <laughs> it doesn't have any music, though. No, but it's very fun. <laughs> I, I was very someday. excited excited to see it when you showed me way back months ago at Betacon. Yeah. But, yeah, look forward to that. Let me see. What other notes do I have to put at the end? Got some stuff for the intro, but I believe that is about it. So for the podcast itself, just remember to rate and review it on iTunes. Um, Get on Facebook, follow the page, like it, share it, tell all your friends. That's the most important thing at this stage. So do 
do be kind rewind (laughs) (laughs) i still need to come up with like the good like intro and outro like little spiels but thanks for listening guys this has been the the, right this has been the well-adjusted game the well-adjusted gamefly podcast is literally what i almost said (laughs) (laughs) the well-adjusted gamer podcast may or may not be sponsored by gamefly someday damn it thank you please and thank you love you guys talk to you later yeah thanks for coming and again look forward to hearing more from andrew because he will be back damn it okay